You're listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast. The Iron Man is back. David Flanagan, the man who made his name as the founding managing director of Atlas Iron, is back in the Iron Ore game. And he joins me, Paul Armstrong, on The Whole Truth podcast. This is our last episode for 2023, and we are going out with a bang. David Flanagan, or Flano as he's widely known throughout the business community, is back into the iron ore game courtesy of Arrow Minerals. Arrow Minerals owns the Simindoo North project. That name may ring a bell and with good reason because Simindoo North is, as the name suggests, immediately north of the great Simindoo iron ore project being run by Rio Tinto. Simindoo North, Flano says, has very similar geological characteristics to its great big neighbour and therefore the potential speaks for itself. Flano is an excitable guy at the best of times, but he's got a particular spring in his step at the moment. He's back in the iron ore game. He thinks he's got a project that could make a huge mark on the global iron ore game. If he is right, the leverage in this stock is absolutely unbelievable. Bearing in mind that at the time we recorded this episode with David Flanagan, the stock was only 0.3 to 0.4 cents. This is a great podcast, a great way to end the year. The upside here, Flanagan says, is enormous. See if you agree with him. Well, you now have your hands firmly on your arrow. Tell us what you're going to do with it. <laughs> Basically, um, what we've got is we've got some really good geology. We've got a great tenement. We think that the geology runs off the Simindu ore system onto our ground, and we're going to get in there and we're going to drill it. You've come out of, uh, I wouldn't say obscurity, but you had a few, a few months off. You had been running a lithium show at Delta. People wondered what you're up to. You popped up at Arrow. How did this come to be? Yeah, so I suppose I've been looking at quite a few different projects and opportunities. I think on my on my list of project reviews, I got to 29, and that included, I think there was, um, I think, maybe eight different lithium projects, a couple of iron ore projects, a manganese project, a few roles in gold, um, all, like all manner of things, also an IPO, backing an asset out of one of the majors, all sorts of things. Um, but I tell you what, um, where else in the world have you got the world's largest iron ore system potentially running onto your ground where someone's pretty much prepaid for the infrastructure and the margins and the opportunity for shareholders could be massive and that asset is sitting inside a company that had a market cap of $3 million. So it so almost sounds too good to be true, doesn't yeah. it? Yes. So it takes me back to Dr. Bernie, Bernie Verban, who did, you know, geologists, finance for geologists back in 1993. He said, sometimes, David, when it looks too good to be true, doesn't mean it's not. And um, i tell you what, um, they've already hit 12 metres at 60%, and that's a pretty in- good indication that there's high-grade ore on the right side of the tenement. So... We're not going to die wondering, Paul. We're going to raise this dough. We're going to get in there and we're going to drill it and we're going to drill it and we're going to drill it some more. And I'd be very, very surprised if we didn't find enough there to justify a mining operation. Now, as the name suggests, Simindu North is the project. Uh, it obviously sits immediately north of Simindu. Tell us about Simindu because this is really based on the whole idea that Arrow has an extension of the giant Simindu iron ore deposit. So tell us why that is so promising. What is so good about Simindu? Yeah, so for, for a start, um, Rio had 100% of this project and it's since um, 
I suppose, given up half of it um, to a Chinese uh, consortium. And now Rio is developing this project in conjunction with this consortium. And the total resource across both of those projects is 4.6 billion tonnes at 65%. And they, are, like, and they really are just getting started. This is a multi-generational asset. And if you, if you take 4.6 billion tonnes and times it by that grade, times the Aussie dollar iron ore price today, and, you know, and they'll get a, very, a bit of a premium for a product of that grade, it comes in at a trillion dollars Aussie. A trillion. So how close has the Rio Consortium drilled to the boundary between Simindu and Arrow's Simindu North project? Well, that's a good question. I would say that their, their northern deposit, uh, now they've focused on what we would call world-class ore bodies to sort of move the needle for those businesses. I would say it's at more than a few kilometres south of the boundary, but the, the host rocks that host that deposit tram track due north straight onto our ground. And I think the, the sequence is probably maybe maybe three or four kilometres wide as it runs onto our ground. So um, for us, we think that the, the, the minimum threshold size is probably 40 or 50 million tonnes to get up and running. Um, and those guys were chump chasing pods of mineralisation north of 500 million tonnes. So I don't know that this 500 million tonne deposit coming right up to the tenement boundary as such, but the sequence definitely does that host those deposits. Yeah. So the recipe is that you know you have the host rock that hosts a giant Simundu deposit. You know there's yep. iron ore on your side of the fence, albeit in limited drilling that's been done, but you know there's iron ore there and, and some very high-grade iron ore. So there's evidence, there's smoke, as they say, that, that Simundu will extend to some degree or other onto your side of the fence. It's a question of how much of it is, how much of it is there and what the grade is. Yeah, yeah, basically. And then, and then you know, like for, for shareholders who, who buy the stock at, at the current price, if we were to, what do we need to find to achieve a substantial re-rating for shareholders and to justify mining operation? And, and what does that look like? Well, you know, we've got 50, we think we've got about 50 kilometres strike of this geology squiggling around through the tenement. And if and if sort of two kilometres of it turns up to be something substantial, um, well, then we've got, to, we've got to go ahead. We're off, we're running, we're digging. So how do you find out if something is of substance there? What, what's your plan of attack? Yeah, so um, in fact, well, I've got a kickoff meeting this afternoon at five where we're I'm sitting down on a Zoom call with the geologists and the management in there at Arrow um, to sort of walk through exactly that. What can we do now to maximise and almost guarantee the success of that drilling program? What, what, what is it that we can do to a sort of articulate the scale and the size and the grade of those assets as soon as possible? How long is that going to take? And what can be done to maximise the likelihood of success? And then, what, and then on the back of that, what next? So plan for success in that program and, and be positioned to, to make things happen as fast as possible. How, how fast would you like to see the first hole being drilled? When, when would you like to see it going? <laughs> so, so, um, so I suppose we, we, we closed this deal out, what, less than a week ago, Paul. So I, I would like to get in there in early February to be drilling. Um, but again, we've we've got to, I suppose, book those rigs. Those those conversations have started with those drilling companies. 
Um, we have one rig already on standby, so that's capable of being deployed. Um, is that the right rig for where we want to drill? Um, do we want to drill deeper or more holes? And and what sort of conditions are we likely to encounter? And, and how do we make that all happen? So, um, yeah, so early February, a um, bit to be done, a bit of thinking, a bit of planning, a um, bit of mapping. And, and I plan on being in there in country either at the time or pretty soon after. So Simundu North lives up to your hopes and expectations, Flano. What do you do if you get a substantial deposit there? How do you get it out of there? What infrastructure access would you have? I, I suppose I haven't really gone into it, but but Rio and, and the, um, the Chinese consortium partners and the government have worked on this project probably for about 10 years, maybe longer, and they've, they've figured out the route for the railway line. They've done all of the engineering studies on the port. I think everything is permitted and endorsed and signed off as part of a state agreement now. And Rio and the winning uh, joint venture have committed to the first $15 billion worth of spend. And that is on the basis of the building third party free access port and rail. And that rail comes within about 15, 20 k's of where we think we'll find mineral or where we have found mineralization. So yeah, it's entirely feasible to jump onto that. And the tonnages we're talking about putting on. It's high. It's you know, it's highly unlikely we're going to disrupt their businesses at all. Um, and in fact, because we've got the same joint venture partner being the Guinea government, everyone has the Guinea government, and um, we think that the Guinea government will be a great partner because it's just win-win-win all the way to the bank for the country. Now, there has some similarities there with infrastructure to your time at Atlas, doesn't it, Flano? Up in the Pilbara, where, if I recall correctly, people weren't so keen to share railway lines up there in those days. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right about that. Um, and I suppose I, th I think the world's kind of learned is that in some of those state agreements, there was some ambiguity, which created um, opportunities for parties to keep people off that. And, um, you know, the World Bank and the Guinea government and a large number of parties um, have sort of moved on from that. I think we've all learned. And the Chinese who are partners in building this railway line they want there to be more supply into the market. The Guinean government, who own 15% of the whole system and the, all the assets, and they want this to up, get up and running so that they can increase their royalties and increase their national revenue. Um, they want us to get up and running so we might create jobs and opportunities for local people and also pay our fair share of taxes in that jurisdiction. So, um, And the infrastructure itself... Um, is going to be able to handle a substantial, substantial more tonnage than what Rio and Winning are looking to get up and running in in any in any future world. Um, probably the only the only limiting factor is that I'll, I would expect that there's going to be plenty of engineering challenges. Um, there could could very well be some capital cost blowouts and some delays. Um, and I'm just really glad that a couple of the world's biggest resource companies will be there to put their balance sheets to make sure it happened. Now, looking at Arrow and the corporate side of things, Flano, there's an there's element of putting the band back together here from the Atlas days, isn't there? Yeah, you haven't seen anything yet, Paul. Tell me more. So um, pretty much since, since announcing this deal, because you can't tell anyone about it, it's just been awesome to get phone calls, emails, messages, all sorts of expressions of interest from so many of these people out there who I've worked with over the years, 
um, who started out at Atlas, went off to do their own thing, went to work with the majors, travelled the world with the majors, and they literally said, look, Flanagan, I've just been waiting for a chance to do this again. Look, let me know if you ever need anything, anyone, anywhere, I'm your man, I'm your woman, I can do this, I can build it, I'll make it happen. You know, whether it's community engagement people or legal commercial people or or mining people or geologists, um, it's and from a governance perspective, compliance perspective, they're there and it's awesome. And um, when you get a chance to work with people that you've worked with before, and Jeff Dowling, who's joining on the board as the chair, he's exactly one of them. Um, nothing's lost in translation. So we, we have a conversation. We know exactly what we're talking about. We both understand risk. We both understand resources. And not to mention Jeff's experience on the board of NRW is going to be pretty important. NRW have been operating in Guinea for a long time. Uh, NRW did a lot of the civil works. I think they did maybe five or six years' worth of civil works at Simindu itself just to facilitate one of the biggest resource drill-outs of all time. You know, this is the largest iron ore deposit in the world. It is the largest mine and infrastructure project on the continent of Africa. It is huge. The total spend prior to completing the ramp-up is $28 billion US. It is huge. And... To think that um, the geology, where it runs off their tenement onto ours, where we've got that drill hit next to where the infrastructure is planning to go, to not go in there and drill 100 holes feels like a geological crime. So we're going to go in there and absolutely have a crack. We're already engaging with the community. The company's been up there working with them for nearly two years. And, um, but, you know, we're not going to die wondering. If you were to have some early success with the drill brit funnel, you'd have to think people are going to start knocking your door down, aren't you? I mean, you've already seen a rush from the Pilbara. You know, you've got FMG with Twee Forest now overseas ambitions and activities and production. Rio, obviously, at Simandu. This is no longer a case of the big iron ore boys being restricted to the Pilbara. If you were to show that there is anything more than a puff of smoke on your side of the fence, You'd have to think all the usual candidates are going to be lining up for a conversation, wouldn't they? Well, Guinea, well, Guinea's already like a pretty, pretty solid base for some of these players. You've got Robert Friedland in there, just on the other side of the on on the national border, like you said. You've got FMG, and um, you know there's plenty of other majors who've been sniffing around at that part of the world, and I've seen some of their fingerprints. That's absolutely for sure. But you know, could there be corporate shenanigans down the track? <laughs> Look, look, I hope, like, I hope everything happens pretty smoothly. But, but ultimately, if you're listed and you're using those capital markets to access capital to grow your business, well, that means you're exposed to whatever happens. And um, ultimately, we set in place good agreements, do good work, and work as hard as we can to maximise the outcomes for shareholders. And if something like that happens, well, it happens. We'll deal with it at the time. And, like you know. People know I've, I've been doing this for nearly like, 35 years. Um, look, I won't say I've seen it all, but I've seen quite a bit. And, um, you know, I, I won't turn up to the next gunfight with a butter knife. <laughs> well, funny, you did say earlier in our conversation that you had a meeting to go and plot your plan of attack over here. So I'm going to let you go. This is our last Whole Truth podcast for the year. So 
in many respects, we've saved the most exciting to last. It's been a great way to finish off 2023 with your good self. And uh, no doubt we'll have you back on in the new year because people are going to want to find out exactly what's going on and how fast you can turn this thing into Swiss cheese. But the, the leverage is, as we said at the outset, is absolutely enormous. And if you can establish that there is a continuation of the mineralisation on your side of the boundary, look out. Yeah, I'd say we're off to the races. Well, you get off to your meeting, not the races, off to your meeting, and uh, and we'll talk again after Christmas. Have a great Christmas. Thanks yeah, for your time, yeah, and uh, we'll ch- tune in after Christmas. Okay. Thanks, mate. See you, Bye. Paul. Bye. You've been listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast, produced by Resource Media, hosted by Paul Armstrong for Red Corporate. Please note that Reed Corporate does not provide investment advice and investors should seek personalised advice before making any investment decisions.